celebrate a, a day of love, a time where we celebrate the ones that we love. I just want to take a moment to remember the greatest love story. The love so overwhelming. The love that a father had for his children. supposed to love, love one another as the Father loved us. Let's just take a moment today just to focus on God, just to say, I love you. God, there is no one like you. Thank you. Thank you that because you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us so that we could have access back to you. Thank you for loving us so much that you took it beyond that, God. You took it beyond just salvation, but you took it into relationship. You love us so much that you want things to work for our good, God. You want good things for your children, and I thank you for that. Thank you for an undeniable, indescribable love, an overwhelming love. There is nothing like your love, God. We worship you today. Yeah. 
today. Tell them today. like your love, Father. Good, um, man. It's like those old classic, like kind of songs that I love. Um, how are you guys doing this morning? You guys can be seated. You guys good? Yes. Um, so it's so weird, man. We're such creatures of habit. Like I teach uh, third grade, and I pick where my kids sit. 
they don't ever get to fix really because they can't handle it. Um, but as I was walking up here, John's like, oh, can you do announcements and stuff? I was like, yeah, I can do that. But walking under, I was like, Paul always sits. Like, it just feels weird, like, being out of your kind of comfort zone, but it's so good to be out of your comfort zone, right? That's where we grow. That's where we're challenged. So um, I just encourage you guys, as, if you guys call this your home, to get connected to a life group, um, because that's where we really get to know each other, and it's so vitally important. Like, this is such a small percentage of our entire week, and some of us just come in and we go right out. And we don't even take the time to get connected here. So if you're not doing it here, if you're not coming in early to help set up because we need it, or you're not coming to help greet or whatever, that's fine. But we eventually want you to get there. But get connected in a life group. It is, it's crucial. We have to be connected. We have to have people in our lives that really know us and know us deeply so that we can um, be cared for and we can care for others. So um, make sure that you guys get connected to a life group. There's lots of signups out in the foyer. Um, so take a minute, stop by if you're not already signed up in the life group. Like I know some people, like John Minor, wherever he's at, that dude is like in seven life groups. It's kind of crazy, but you know, if that's your thing, go for it. Um, so just a couple announcements. Um, well, one, I want to say, how many people went to the marriage life group or um, conference? Oh my gosh, it was awesome. And if you missed it, you can catch uh, some of the pieces on our Facebook page, um, some of the breakout sessions and things like that. Man, it was so good. So good. So if you miss any of that, go ahead and um, check back on our Facebook page. Um, ladies Retreat, March 17th and 18th. Uh, sign up ASAP. Um, registration, I think, ends fairly soon. But um, it's going to be a good time for the women to get connected, hang out, get away from your kids and your husbands, right? And just... just um, have a good time, right? Relax and kind of get out of the, the zone of life so that you guys can, in a sense, not even in a sense, just really connect with each other. So make sure that you do that. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got. So um, I'm going to have the ushers come up and we're going to pray for offering and then we're going to get started. Father God, Lord, we just thank you for um, your amazing love, God. It is so sometimes uncomprehendable, um, God, but you Love us unconditionally, God. So we just thank you for that love, God. We just thank you that uh, your love is perfect, God. Even when ours is not, um, yours always is, God. And it's so timely. And God, we just thank you for it, God. And we just pray, Lord, that as we uh, are about to give, God, that you would just um, help us to give with a generous heart, God. Help us not to, to cling to what's not even ours anyways, God. But we would just give with open hands, God, um, because it's yours. And God, you're going to do amazing things with the finances that come into this place, God, because um, the people here can be trusted who are in charge of the finances. And God, we just thank you for um, just everyone here, God, and just what you're going to do today through John and through everyone who's speaking today, God. So we just pray um, all this in your mighty name. Amen. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Sorry, I, I have uh, John a level loudness. That, that is, is not Mark. Mark. Yeah, so glad that you guys are here. You should get on this one. After, hello, hello, no. It's more basic though. More testosterone. How are you guys? Good. We're going to play a little game. If you have never been here on uh, Valentine's Sunday, we play a little game just so you can get to know some people around you. So um, I already have two couples, so if you want to give a hand for these guys, Mike and Gino. They're really excited about this. Give them a hand. 
Paprika. Salt. Sweet Baby Ray's Barbecue. That one's tricky. Salt? Salt? Yeah. All right. Salt. Yeah, it says salt. Ketchup. 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 Okay. Ooh, I love ketchup. <laughs> um, okay. What would he say uh, is his most annoying habit to you? Like the thing that he does that most annoys you? There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> We're so in love, there's none. Most annoying habit, Janet. Always hungry, always wants to eat. He's hungry. Always wanting to eat. Edgar, he's hungry. He um, when he leaves crumbs on the counter. Oh. Crumbs on the counter. The organizer does not like I that. I understand. <laughs> I understand. That's awesome. He wants everything in the right place. Yeah. Meticulous? Okay. That's going to be a hard one to guess. <laughs> yeah. He, he might. He doesn't annoy her much. It's because they've only been married four months. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're blind when you're married four months. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm I didn't not kidding, mean to actually. say that. Yeah. Um, oh, the heart fell. It's okay. Um, how much money do you think was spent on your first date? 70? 70. Nice. Where, where'd you guys go? Sushi. Sushi, yeah. You should ask Bobby and Christina where Bobby took Christina on their first date. $40? 40 bucks. Remember where you went? No. Ice cream? It's because you guys were making out so much. That's what was going it's been on. It's so long. Get an ice cream. Ice cream? She thinks there's ice cream involved. First date, how much do you think he spent? It's like 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Real spender. Where'd you go, Melissa? The Paramount Cafe. Nice. Man. Okay. Bobby right. took Christina to his uh, aunt's house on their first date. Okay. Think this about one, that one. Um, the oddest place meet the that you have kissed or done other things. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> My Kay is covering her face now. <laughs> She's red. Behind the, <laughs> behind the board. <laughs> My grandma was in the room. <laughs> they made out with their grandma in the room, pretty much. That is very yeah. weird. I told them that that before. She was asleep. <laughs> That's still super weird. <laughs> <laughs> she told Gino, you, he, she won't know. Bark. <laughs> Yeah. At, at the, the park. park. We yes, like right. the park, too. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the first place we made out. Candace definitely kissed me on our first date. I just always like to throw that out. Yes. Just the oddest, yeah. oddest, place. oddest place you guys made out. Um, I have to be honest. In the bathroom at a hospital. Nice. <laughs> okay. Why not? <laughs> okay, Janet's changing hers. They were on a, a Ferris like wheel. a ride, a ride at the fair. Bathroom like, hospital. Bathroom at the hospital. <laughs> Who doesn't make out in the bathroom? Gra hospital? Grandma in the room. Those two are pretty great. <laughs> okay, and then the last one. If your mother-in-law was an animal, what would she be? <laughs> That's so. It's Gino's mom. Yeah. Yeah, so Gino's mom, if she was an animal, what would she be? I told Candace that her mom would be the honey badger. <laughs> We're going to have to take that out of the recording. <laughs> no, you keep that in the recording. You keep it. 
sounds tricky. It's like, yeah. There's a lot of animals. But the honey badger, they're, oh yeah. They're, they're angry on the inside and the outside. Just, just he says, a gorilla is kind of nice still too, right? <laughs> a gorilla, a gorilla. Okay, we got it, we got a gorilla. <laughs> it's great, it's great. Janet. Maybe a cow. <laughs> This is getting good. This is getting good. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to get these spot on. <laughs> okay. Um, mine's nice. Um, she would be a cheetah. She's an amazingly fast marathon runner. Okay, Boom, good deal. Okay, I think we can bring the guys in. If somebody can help me grab Christina and the guys. So basically... And should we switch them out then? Put the guys out? Oh, we were going to do it together. Okay. So we were going to let them answer together. So you guys already know the ladies' answers. So we're just going to get them to kind of hide as they write their answers down on the whiteboard so they can show the husbands. But you guys already know. So it's going to be really funny to hear what the guys say. So we'll give them a whiteboard. All right. Bring them in. Bring them in. They might right, be down the let's street. Let's give them a hand. Oh, they were right there. Maybe they were cheating. Who knows? If they guess... The last one, we know they were cheating. All right, and can I have someone help me take score? Because I can never take score and, um, okay. All right, so guys, are you ready? Did you have a great bagel or something? No? Okay, no bagels. Okay, um, so the first question is, how would you complete this sentence? My wife is a natural born... Shopper. Ooh. <laughs> Show him your answer. Nope, it was crier. 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 Dang it. That would have been like a tie. They go together, he said. <laughs> All right. Edgar, my <laughs> wife is a natural born, not a morning person. Not a morning That's person. True. She said bossy. Bossy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that too. <laughs> He's like, that's right. <laughs> that too. All right. Kyle. My wife is a natural born leader organizer. organizer. One point. Give him a One. hand. One point. Zero, zero. Okay, we'll start over with Kyle and Melissa. Um, what is your wife's favorite condiment? Like something she puts on everything or uses a lot with food? Mustard. Mustard. Oh, it was ketchup. It was ketchup. <laughs> All right. What about what about Janet? What? Salt. Oh, Point. Good job. Good job. Okay, Gino. Salt. Salt. Oh, oh, everybody's got one. Everyone okay. with the one. We're tied. We're tied. Okay. Um, what is the most annoying habit of yours that your wife talks about? There's a lot. She had a hard time. She had a hard time. She had a hard time from picking <laughs> from the list. She said you had a lot for her. It was like an unabridged dictionary. Leaving dishes out? No. What? what did I say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Routine. I don't think I'm perfect, so that kind of went <laughs> with it. Okay. All right. Um, Edgar, what would you say? Your say it again, Kenneth. Uh, the wife's. Let's see. His. 
Oh, yeah, most annoying habit of yours that your wife talks about. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> There's not many, Edgar. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what is one that just sticks out? Yes! Yeah, oh! Yes, that's hungry. it. That's awesome. Dos. Good job. All right, Kyle. Um, Shitali said that I, I leave things out. Should we give it to him? Okay, crumbs on the counter. <laughs> Someone's texting. Okay, <laughs> they're trying to cheat. They're trying to give you the answers. Okay, let's see. How much money was spent on your first date and where was it? Um, it was about $50 and it was at uh, sushi. We'll give it to him. 70, sushi. 20, yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> on the first day, brought a lot of money because I got to take the uh, cousins and uncles and grandma. Oh, everybody was there. <laughs> nope. I don't know, about 60, 70 dollars. Okay, she said 40, 40 or 50, so we'll give it to them, we'll 20s. Okay, and then what was involved? What kind of food? What kind of dessert? Mm, maybe Chinese. <laughs> Chinese. We'll give that to them. It was so close. <laughs> Chinese ice cream. Ice cream. I think of it as the same thing. We'll it's delicious. Call it good. It's, fine. it's delicious. All right. <laughs> 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 and we were at um, uh, the Paramount Cafe. Okay. Paramount Cafe 70. Right. She said 20. She said 20. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever's keeping score can decide. We cannot um, give that to you. Okay. The, oddest, too far. the oddest place that you have kissed or done other things. Yes. Wait, the weirdest place. The oddest kissed. place that you've kissed or done other things. <laughs> well, we made out in front of Grandma. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Good job. Good job. That one was funny. Yeah. I think ours was, was that a carnival? Carnival. Yeah. yeah. Good job. They remember oh, these. It's good. Just, just let it out. <laughs> we already know. We already know, Kyle. The 16th Street Mall? No. No, it was a hospital bathroom, Kyle. <laughs> oh, yeah. His face is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Who doesn't make out at the hospital? Yeah. I sure do. Okay, this one's a lot of fun. It's the last one. Um, if your mom was an animal, what would she be? <laughs> your? your wife said, that one's nice, too, right? After she said what the animal is. I said honey badger, Gino. My mother-in-law is a honey badger. Even wolves can't stop that honey badger. <laughs> Not even a pack of them. A koala bear? No, a gorilla. <laughs> His face was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was awesome.
a gorilla. That's right. You're going to fight. Don't fight in front of us, though. It's okay. It's, it's not that big of a deal. It's, not, just kidding. it's a beautiful it's okay. gorilla. It's okay. A lady gorilla. What's more cuter than that? Gorilla slash koala bear. Same thing. It's That's right. You don't get a point. Okay. What would you think, Edgar? What would what, Janet What does Janet call, call your, mother? your mother? This one was quite entertaining Did you also. Look like an animal, you mean? Repeating the question over and over. <laughs> Not a dog, I don't A gorilla? No, oh. it was a cow. She said cow. <laughs> she said a friendly cow, though. Very friendly cow. <laughs> no, John's just trying to sugar it up. Yeah, she just said cow. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> Very close. Cheetah, because she runs fast. All right. Okay, who has score? Four? Four. Three. three and two. two. Let's give these guys a hand. Okay. Winner. We got we owe you guys we owe you guys little prizes. I did not get any. I apologize. Give these guys a hand. Thank you so much. <laughs> you guys are great sports. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Man, I that was awesome. You can't have none. You can't have one without the other. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right. All right. Give them one more time a hand. I love that gorilla. Gorilla. Uh, man, I could not get away with that. I would not be able to. The, gor the gorilla in the mist. Silverback gorilla. <laughs> Today, I just want to talk to you a little bit about love. It's, we call this Love Sunday. I'm sorry, Gino, about the whole gorilla thing. I wouldn't call her a gorilla. Jeez, Micaiah, that hurts. That hurts. But we all know about love. We all know what it means to be loved and, and to love, right? A wise man once said, I, I, I'm not a smart man, but... I know what love is, right? It's the glue that keeps a relationship together. It's, it, and love is wild. It's, it's wild, it's vast, it's emotional, it's, it's expressive, it's strong, it's delicate, it's free, yet captivating. Artists paint about it, poets rhyme about it, vocalists sing about it, babies cry for it, and it's essential, like air in our lungs, and nothing is more potent, exciting, extravagant, redeeming, enthralling as love. This, all these words it, to use to describe this thing called love. During Valentine's Day, over 50 million roses are given. Over a billion Valentine's Day cards are exchanged. And to all to celebrate this, this thing, love, what is it? Is it a feeling, a commitment, is it physicality? The best description I've ever heard of love is found, uh, I believe, in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's turn there. And today, I just want to establish what love is. See, uh, before I, I read this, I want to talk to you about what love is. Uh, biblically, I want to give you an, um, a view from a single aspect of love, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the married aspect of love. And at this time, I want Trent to come up, and he's going to just speak to you a little about singleness and love. Give me a hand. 
So John asked me to come up and kind of speak on love from kind of a, a single perspective. Um, so everybody that's not married or dating or single, raise your hand. We got a few of you guys out there. So this, this is going to be for a few of you guys, but this really applies to, I think, everybody. Um, through this week, kind of seeing, like, what do I find love in? And I was reading this quote by C.S. Lewis where he says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. A lot of times love comes down to being satisfied, fulfilled, but also giving love is to be vulnerable. He says, love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries, avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in a casket or coffin of your selfishness, but in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. When we don't love, we're keeping it to ourselves. A lot of times when something breaks down or um, when something goes wrong, then it's a lot of times because we aren't finding that fulfillment, that love in the right place. So if you want to throw up uh, Matthew 22, 36 through 40, um, you still got that back there? Yeah, perfect. So Jesus kind of describes to us what love is. Now before I go into that, I want to share with you a little bit about um, that, that trust, that vulnerability. How many of you, when you were younger, you told a secret, you told something to someone that you know, and you're like, okay, they got me. They're, they're not going to tell anybody. And I did that to a friend of mine about someone I liked when I was younger. And you know what happened? I, was, I thought he was my friend. But ends up telling that person. And you feel betrayed. And so a lot of times in love, we trust someone. And we, we need to find that ultimate trust, that ultimate vulnerability in God. In Matthew 22, 36, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they asked Jesus, What's the greatest commandment in the law? And he comes back with that and he says, the first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So that's where we need to first place our love and our trust and our vulnerability in so that you can be fulfilled and satisfied. So many times um, as, a, as a single person, we, we pursue love. I mean, you hear all these songs in culture, Ed Sheeran is very popular. Justin Bieber says, he says, love yourself. And that's what we pursue. We pursue either um, being satisfied physically or being satisfied emotionally by someone else. It's because we're missing something within us. And that first place needs to be found in God. So uh, he goes on to say, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So he says, all that you've heard apart in the law, in the Old Testament, that hinges on this first and second command. So when we are going in and trying to be filled, God says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Someone that I feel that, as a person in, in humanity, that I can relate to is David. God calls David a man after his own heart, but again and again you see struggles. First, I mean, he grows up and he's at the 
table with Saul, and he serves Saul, but again, he's persecuted by Saul. He goes into the wilderness. He has multiple wives. So many times you see that in the Old Testament, because they're trying to be filled. But the narrative of the Old Te Testament never glorifies that. It ends up being most times something's going wrong because he has multiple wives. How many times do you see that with Solomon, with Abraham? Abraham had gotten in trouble uh, having two wives. I mean, one's probably hard enough. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's, that's probably not it. <laughs> so, but God says, you are trying to be filled. You're trying to complete this. And as a single guy, I mean, I do that at work. I do that at, I mean, trying to be filled, whether it's um, with TV shows or just uh, the people around. You know what is one of the hardest struggles in our culture right now, and the church doesn't like to mention it, is pornography as well. It's something that is an instant gratification, and that's what our culture is about. But God says, I want to give you something that's long-lasting. He says that temporary is not going to fulfill you forever. So something that I love what David said, he's in the wilderness, he's being persecuted, and he's like, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He's, this is almost like a, a girdle outcry saying, God, with all my heart, I want you. And that goes back to Matthew 22. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And if we can align ourselves with God first, then that love outpouring whether it's to the people around you, is going to be the, the ultimate what God's wanting to do through you. And that's what's going to prepare you as a single person, a dating person, or someone that's already in marriage to love, love that person that you are with, but that person that you might be with someday as well. I like what it says in Hebrews when uh, it's talking about the faith chapter. And uh, he's saying, talking about Moses, what he went and it says, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So he's saying, look, he's exalting Moses in this faith. He was faithful. So we're not working towards this instant pleasure. We're working towards this faith work, this action love does. That's what it is. We're seeking God. God's pouring into us, and then that action goes on so that in that day of ascension, that it, there's, a, there's a glorification there of God, but God was working through us, so that comes through us as well to be able to see, sit at that table. So when, just, I mean, one, one question I just kind of want to mention to keep in the back of your mind to, to just end this is to think about yourself, but the people around you, how many times they chase after um, either money or fame or, or fortune or power, and you see that so many times, you see these NFL players, they reach the highest, but how many times do they realize that's not enough and they need more? And I, I think it's the same with all of us. I know, especially with me, myself, and work, I'm always trying to either make more money or get to a better position or be recognized. But God wants us to say, just be recognized in me. Come to me first. I, I mean, that's all he's asking is he wants us to just rest in him. So just as you guys are thinking today about love, 
um, rejoice in it, because that's what God wants us to do. Um, David says that he was satisfied by God, and when you're satisfied by God, that outpouring into others, because you're like a vessel. You're just pouring out. And so today, just realize, God, what do you want to do with me today? How can I love you, and how can you pour that love back into others? Thank you. That's good. I'm going to read you, I'm going to give you a test. I'm going to give you a test. And it's the love test in, in chapter 13. And it's going to start from uh, verse 4. And it, and it says this. Love is patient. Are you patient? Think about that for a moment. And uh, like Trent said, can you wait for the best outcome? Love, love takes a lifetime to master. And I say that uh, to young married couples because, you know, when it's hard, I say... Marriage takes a lifetime to master. You are not seafood from Kung Fu Panda immediately. It takes a long time, right? It's, you have to be a student of marriage. You do. And then there's no such thing as instant, like, marriage mastery. It's not instant noodles, folks. You've got to build it from the ground up. You've got to be patient and commitment for the long and so if you're looking for instant, it just doesn't work that way. Nothing really does. Love is patient. Number two, love is kind. Are you kind? Are you kind? I, I think it's funny. I, it, I can go in so many different directions. But the word kindness is the word divesting. In, uh, in, in, in the Greek translation, it's more, not investing, but it's divesting. Investing is when you want an outcome to something you pour into. And divesting is you don't expect anything in return. You're looking to give out, looking to be useful. A kind of marriage between two servants saying, I'm looking out on your behalf. That's divesting. Two people looking to divest in each other out of love. Number three, love does not envy. What does that mean, right? The translation envy means to burn with zeal, to burn, to be heated, or to boil over with envy, hatred, or anger. Love does not boil over. Do you boil over? Of course we do. We all boil over. You're like, not me. I boil over. And not Candace, though. She's perfect. It's a perfect thing. But love does not boil over. And then it says love does not boast and is not proud. I'm going to just stop here uh, for the rest of this. I want to stop here and focus because Paul is so on point right here. Because pride is the enemy of love. I'm going to say that again. Pride is the enemy of love. It's, it's a love killer. It's a marriage wrecking ball. And if you really want to be sucky at marriage, go ahead. Let pride just root itself down and win. Go ahead and win if you want to really stink at, at marriage. Think about yourself more. Watch out for number one. Because it's impossible to be proud and to love at the same time. It's impossible. It just is. Husbands, wives, dating, single, pride is the silent killer that creeps into our life that says, I got rights. I got rights. Me first, right? Because pride is one of those things we can see in others clearly. We're like, they're so prideful. Look at them. But it's very hard to see in ourselves. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 7, 3 to 5. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye or in your wife's eye when you have a log? He's like, why worry about the splinter in your wife's eye when you have 
a telephone pole in your face, right? That's what he's saying. How can you think of saying to your friend or to your wife, let me help you get the, let me, let me fix you, when you're all jacked up? That's what Jesus is saying. It's so easy that he yells out the word hypocrite. It's hard to see our mess when you're so focused on pointing out the messes of others. And it's easy to ignore your mess when you're focused on pointing out the messes of others. And that's what we do. When, we, when there's things wrong with our life, we try to point out other people. We like deflect, right? Have you ever, you're in a conversation with someone and they just deflect? It's the best when I do that to my wife. Like, I don't really want to talk about the issue, so I deflect about something else. I'm like, well, have you seen this in your life? Right? Have you seen that? You know, you point out things. When Candace corrects, corrects me, I don't know what's wrong with me. Instinctively, I try to find something wrong at the moment. What can I find on Candace? The computer, the computer, right? That's how my brain works, right? And it's so wrong. I manipulate the win. I, I like figure out what statement can I say to shut her down? What is the one thing I can focus on? I know you're not, you guys aren't like that. I know you guys aren't like that. But I am I'm like that. What, what can I say to hurt her? Not too much that she's angry, but just enough to shut her mouth. Right? <laughs> and that's, that's how my mind works. I am like, John, you are, you're manipulated. Like, why would you do that? But that's pride sneaking into my life. So how do we combat pride? And I was asking my friend, and uh, his name is Josh Roberts, and he's in Kentucky. He's the pastor who was helping me on this. And he says, number one, recognize you have a problem. Recognize you have a problem. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in you areas of pride. Ask this week, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in you areas of pride. Then ask yourself these questions. How often do I admit that I'm wrong? This is going to be good. How often do I admit that I'm wrong? Well, I'm not really wrong. I was kind of right, right. She was more wrong than me. Deflection. Right? Me. Deflection. Number two. Why is it so hard for me to admit when I'm wrong? What's wrong in my computing? What's wrong on the inside that I can't admit that I'm wrong? Right? Heartbreak. That's good. How often do I need to be seen or heard by others to feel good about myself? How much, this is a good one, and uh, it's hard to see in yourself, but how much do I brag about my accomplishments or do things so others will see me do them? It's like, oh, I do this in cleaning. This is how I do Like, Candace is coming home, I, I pretend to clean something immediately, like, ta-da! I'm such a manipulator. I know you guys don't do that, right? Like, you, your wife calls you five minutes before, I'm going to be home about four minutes. You're like, kids, clean up everything. That's how I do it. I'm just like throwing things down the stairs. <laughs> Shoving it in the closet. That's how you don't go into the front closet of my house, right? It is just full of stuff. Because that's Candace calling me five minutes till. And I'm like, oh my God. And then she gets there. Everything's cleaned up. Oh, thanks, babe. You're welcome. You know, I, I work hard for you, babe. <laughs> I just threw it in the closet. I threw it in the closet. But think about that. How much do we do that? Number two, first, recognize your problem. Number two, bring attention to someone else at work, at home, on your team. Pride is beaten when you share the spotlight with someone else. Learn to give praise to others. When you have a hard time praising others, there's a problem in your life. A problem that goes exactly against love. 
When you feel uneasy lifting someone up, giving encouragement, man, that's an issue. Honestly, that's an issue. Because when you give people praise, it kills the grip of pride on your heart. Number three, very important, Mark said it, find a place to serve. You have to have an outlet of service. You cannot be a consumer. If you're a constant consumer, you just begin to rot on the inside. And you begin to believe that it's about you. It's all about me. It's all about me. Pride is beaten when you serve. Serve at a homeless shelter. Urban outreach. Unload the truck on Sundays with gloves on because it gets cold, right? When you feel like you're too good for something, there's something wrong. When you see a mess and it's easy for you to walk by and it doesn't even affect you, there's something also wrong. These are clues to your instinctive pride. These are clues. And if you don't pay attention to the clues, you think someone else is wrong. Have you ever like sat out here and said, oh, the sound sucks today? Or, oh, they're off today. You, you, you start to complain. You know there's something prideful on the inside when complaint starts to take over your life. And you can never win when you complain. You've already lost. When you complain about your marriage, you're losing in marriage. It's just, this is how it goes, guys. When you can't praise your husband or your wife, there's something already wrong that you need to work on. So serve. Uh, attack your pride in that way. Clean up. Help put up chairs. Great. Number four, disciple or mentor someone. When you're pouring into someone else, you, dis you destroy that pride in you. You do. It shifts your focus off of you. Don't neglect investing or divesting into people just for them. For their good. You know, don't say things like, I don't really want to invest in them. I don't want to waste my time on them. That just shows something really wrong with you. That you think you are that awesome. Let me tell you something. For all of us, for every Christian in this room, we are not that awesome. We're not awesome. Jesus is awesome. And if Jesus is awesome, then we better turn it around for his good. For his glory. It's about him. And if Jesus has been awesome to you, let, let's put it into someone else. I got a couple more for uh, marriage people. And I, wanna, I want you guys to get this. Number one, this is just for marriage. Don't trust your feelings. Feelings will lie to you. And this is for teenagers. This is wherever you're at. But don't trust your feelings, especially in the middle of a fight. Like, when you're in the middle of an argument, shut up. Just don't talk because you're going to just say crazy stuff and you don't even mean it. Have you ever said things that is so damaging and you didn't really mean it but you had to win? So you said the, old, the heaviest thing that you could say in the moment. Don't trust your feelings. Don't just go with it. All right? I wrote in my notes, shut your pie hole. Right? I didn't say it, but I said it. Right? You say the most damaging things in the middle of those emotional moments. Right? People say things like divorce in those moments just because it's heavier. I, I one-upped you. Take that out of your vocabulary. I was talking to Gino Micaiah yesterday, and they gave me a good, like, story about a marriage. And they say, listen, when you're in a firefight, and when you're in a fire and you have an exit, you will take that exit every time, right? But when you're in a fire and you don't have an exit, you'll fight the fire. In marriage, there are no exits. you got to fight the fire. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your love. Number two, marriage is a skill. Don't stop learning. It's a skill. you got to sharpen it. 
The same, the same, same like happily ever after. You meet your wife, you're like happily ever after. Right? When you're so, it, it, we are so good at studying our wife or our husband while dating. Right? When you're dating, you're a monster. You know, you know everything about them. You 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 study here. You study him. You learn everything about them. Your favorite color, Gina. Well, we we heard that you asked that question. That's right. And and she also said gorilla. So you, it's even. It's even, right? Her favorite color, favorite food, place to go, pets' names. You know everything. You know like her like former cat's name, right? You work on communication. You stay up late all night and you talk on the phone. And even if you're tired and you have work in two hours, you will stay up to talk because you're working on communication, right? And then at the end of the conversation, you say, "Good night." You good night. I love you. No, I love you. Hang up. No, you hang up, right? You're like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, when you think back, it's crazy. But you know what? You are so in love. You're so studied. It's important. Be, study your wife. Study your husband. Work on that. Work on that. Learn skills. I say, if you have invested in your television or in clothes or on food, etc., make a place in your budget where you invest into your marriage. Into a book, into a marriage marriage life group, into a marriage conference, counseling, seminars, whatever you need to do. Make a budget for it. And number three, number one, I said, don't trust your feelings. Number two, don't stop learning. Number three, don't get lazy. Guard against lazy relationships, just doing the minimum. Like tend to the fire. Put, you gotta put fuel in your marriage. Romance, I'm gonna say it again, is a discipline. If your romance is lame, it's because you haven't been fuel on the fire. Don't get lazy and expect romance to flourish. So as we close today, do you understand that love is a behavior, it's a, it's a doing. It's not, it's not just a concept or an emotion or an ideal or attraction. And it's true, love is dead. It's, see, if, if it's just an emotion, love would be dead when your emotions are gone, right? Love is more than that. Love is action and behavior and it's not stationary. In 1 John 3.18, it says, Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Love is action. And if we're just an emotional being, then God couldn't command love. If, if, if love was just emotions, God couldn't command it as he is doing. But love is something we do, something commanded, something it can produce emotion. But love is action. Love does. Let's stand. As we close today, I love what Trent said because I believe the greatness of love starts from being loved, understanding you're loved by God. When you don't feel loved, it's hard for you to love. You give a, a weird love out. And everything starts by us understanding that God loves us. And when you can get a hold of God's love for your life and say, you know what, I am a child of God. I am loved by God. I know sometimes we struggle, but we have to get to a place where we embrace God's love. Some of us, we feel like we have to work for God's love. I have to get right first, then God will love me. No, God doesn't love the future you or the better you. God loves you right now, right here. And, and, and until you accept that, your giving of love is always going to be weird. It's going to be messy. It's going to be messed up. So like Trent was saying in Matthew, what is the first command, greatest command? Love the Lord your God. But I, I want you to love the Lord and accept God's love. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. And I thank you for uh, just the great time that we had. But love is of God. And anyone that loves knows God. That's what it says in the Word of God, because God is love. And I pray in the name of Jesus that if people in this room today are having a hard time accepting love from others, it's probably because they cannot accept love from God. I pray break down some major walls. I know some of us, we've come from parents and fathers and mothers who have given us messed up love because that's what they received as well. But there is a love that heals, a love that is patient, that is kind, that does not boast, that does not envy, does not give up, keeps no record of wrong. And it says at the end of that verse, love, your love, God, never fails. And I pray we embrace the love of Jesus, the love that took you all the way to the cross for us. Let's embrace that. We thank you. We honor you today. And as we leave, we grip on to God's love. Lord, be here. I believe a lot of marriages, God, need God's love today. Not a love that we can hype up or make on our own, but a love that comes from you, that is of God for those who know God. I pray bring healing into this room right now. Bring healing into this room in marriages right now, in singles, in the minds of us right now. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Get to know someone. Get into a marriage life group. Get to know people. Man, God is love. God bless you guys.